Okay, well, God bless you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And it's been such a great, great sharing from everyone's hearts and uh, from celebrating people's 80th birthdays, for being with them, loving them, blessing them, encouraging them, praying for our families, fighting for our peace. You know, um, there's, you know, we've just got such a powerful life if we just recognize and tune our minds to God you know like that we just orientate ourselves to God every day every second of the day sometimes we might have to really fight for that peace because the enemy is out to still kill and destroy but that peace is when we're we got that mind of Christ on that we our, our thoughts are set on things above it's not set on the things that are going on around us the situations what we can get what we can't get what we do have what we don't have but really is our focus is God and this week's been quite a great week for me in many different ways and I've been speaking with many different people ministering on the internet or you know through, you know just through typing um, different people around the world and as they message me and you know I don't answer everyone it's just as God leads me by his spirit and I'm like father what do you want me to do and if nothing comes and I don't do nothing and uh when it comes it comes and uh so i want to be led by god i don't want to be led by my senses or my emotions um and you know we think about if you look at the life of jesus christ having a day in the life of jesus christ you know the things the challenges that he went through what about when his cousin john the baptist's head was chopped off (laughs) okay his head was chopped off and everyone come to him look you know he found out the news he was sad but he still carried on ministering. He kept his focus. We, we was talking about staying in your mind. Marie was sharing about, you know, that she stays on mind with God. And God says that when we stay our mind in him, he'll keep us in that perfect peace. So, matter, so no matter what the storm is around us, we can have that perfect peace with the Prince of Peace. Because we got the Prince of Peace living on the inside of us. We got the mind of Christ. You know, then I also thought about Paul. If you think about the Apostle Paul, he was stoned to death. You know, and the believers raised him up. He was left for shipwrecked. He was abandoned, everything. And he was still focused with the Father. So no matter what situations you might find yourself, whether they're mental challenges, emotional challenges, physical challenges, you just keep yourself orientated to God then that peace can be there. That peace can seep through the the fear, the worries, the doubts, the unbelief. Sometimes, you know, I feel, I get these emotions of feeling very lonely. You know, the kids are all grown up, they've gone off, and then, you know, when Kim goes out just for a few hours, I feel lonely, man. I'm thinking, man, Father, what is this desperation in me? And I recognize mm-hmm. it's an attack from the enemy because, really, I've got a living relationship with my Heavenly Father. And so I just orientate my mind to God, you know, and I set my thoughts there. He says he will never leave me or forsake me. And God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Have you not said it? And shall we not make it good? You know, and that presence of God then comes through. You might feel like you're lost. You haven't got vision. You haven't got, got direction. You know, our minds come off focus when we have no direction. When there's no vision and when there's no purpose. So God wants you, like this is what God's just working in my heart right now, is that what is your direction? What is your vision? What is your purpose? We got this wonderful Skype fellowship together 
but there should be more than just this Skype fellowship. You know, God doesn't just want us to meet on the internet. You know, He wants us yeah. flesh to flesh, face to face. So we got to set our visions high, and that's why sharing your desire is a very wonderful thing. Not only are you giving voice to what you want to see accomplished with God, what see the desires that you've got to live for God is what He's put in your heart. He's put desires and thoughts and dreams in your heart. And no matter where you are in your walk right now, what's going on, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, whether you feel lonely, God has got a plan and he's got a purpose and he is going to fulfill it through his son, Jesus Christ. All he needs you to do is stay focused. Right, so go to God. Father, what is your vision? What is your purpose for me? Yes, I know it's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. I know that. But it's more than that. It's more than just that. God wants that relationship with you where he can speak directly to your heart. We need to kind of take our focus and really zoom in. I just got my son blessed me with a camera. And I've been doing some little bit of photography as a little sideline hobby. And I'm still, I've got, I'm basic learner, I'm, but I'm learning. I'm getting there and now I'm turning professional, my confession. <laughs> I will put them on and you, you can give me some advice, you guys. But with the camera, you've got to have the right focus if you want to get a clear picture. If you mm-hmm. want to get a clear vision, you need to be focused with the Heavenly Father. Zoom in. Father, what do you want me to do? What is your direction for my life? What is my purpose as a son? Look, God has ordered our steps. He's ordered our steps in his word to move for him, to speak for him, to speak by the power of God that he's placed in us. And we've been delivered. In Colossians, it says we've been delivered from the authority of darkness. Look, Satan has not got nothing on you, only what you allow him. Amen. allow the lies, the negatives, the emotions, the feelings, the circumstances to seep or penetrate through that hedge of protection that's around you. Speaking in tongues, like really speaking tongues, that is talking to God. That's perfect prayer, perfect praise. Go for a walk. Get yourself energized. Just go for a walk. If you need to go for a walk, God sends me over to the fields at the back of my house. And I'm like, why am I going over here? And it was just speaking tongues. And then I get flooded with thoughts, ideas, inspiration. When I'm out there in those fields with those trees around me, I haven't got the distraction of the home, of the dogs, of the wife, (laughs) not the wife, of the dogs or anything. I've got no distraction. I'm in an environment where I'm be still, get my thoughts focused and then be still and know that he is God. I was sharing with Jason, I met Jason up in the week, and I was just saying, we are so blessed. We really are very blessed, but it's just where we orientate our minds. And that we can, you know, do the things, like God wants us to really enjoy our lives. It, You know, even though there will become challenges, he doesn't want you to struggle and strain. He's given you authority. Okay, and he just wants you to go to him. He wants you to give him your desires. He wants you to give him your problems. He says, be anxious for nothing. nothing. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we're to let our request be made known unto God. Then it says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure. You know, that Philippians 4.8. 
you know, that's what we think on. We think on those things and we confess those things. In Habakkuk, before we go to Habakkuk, I want to go to Habakkuk, but I want just want to read this and remind you. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord, this was Jesus, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. There's too many believers walking around with a broken heart when it's already been healed. And it is because they allow the distractions, traditions of men to get their focus off God. The fountain of living water, the living God, who is actively at work in your life and in your heart. It says in Philippians 2.13 that he works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He puts the dreams, the desires, the vision, and we need. That's what we need to follow, not our own ideas. That's why we need to be still. That's why we need to stay our minds on God. That's and when we do that, that's when that peace starts to manifest. The peace that we're talking about is the fruit of the spirit, okay? not the worldly peace. It's that inside job from being led by God from speaking in tongues from meditating upon his thoughts having his thoughts dwell in your heart and it doesn't matter what anyone says about you negative or positive you are what God says you are you are righteous you are justified you are sanctified you've got the ministry of reconciliation you are more than conquerors you are victorious God always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus. God always makes a way to escape where there seems no way. The world will tell you, the devil will tell you, there's no way out of this situation. You're stuck here forever now. That's it. I've got you. It's a lie. You know, if I hear any bad news, I refuse to accept it. I refuse to let it dominate my thinking. So you are in control of what you allow to seep in into your heart, into your mind. Don't give it a second. Refuse the fear. Refuse the negatives. Also, if any, you know, another big thing where the enemy can come in is when we badmouth another believer. Oh my gosh, just don't do that. If you're doing that, quit it. I don't know why God's put that mark to say, but just just quit it. (laughs) Russell, (laughs) just quit it. You know, keep your mouth shut. But say what God says. Allow him to energize in you. Allow God to energize you. And it starts with the speaking in tongues. It starts right there. Just get your mind focused. Forget everybody else. You've got to really get yourself in that place with him. Because you have that direct access to him. Into the holies of holies. Okay, prayer is very powerful. Call unto me. And I will answer thee, says God, and show you great and mighty things which you know not. God says, call unto me. He doesn't say, call any your brother or your sister in Christ. He says, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show you mighty things which thou knowest not. we got to become God-dependent. Now, when God directs your heart to go to a brother or sister of Christ, just like God directed Job's heart to pray for his friends, when God directed Job's heart and Job was obedient, when he prayed for his friends, what happened? 
his friends got deliverance just because you might see a need doesn't mean to say that you got to run to jump and meet that need you go mm-hmm. first father what do you want me to do wait for his direction wait for him to show you that's love that's loving God first then you can love the person if God's directing you to them God knows how to meet your need very perfectly he's very aware of everything that's going on okay there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ you are in Christ guys if you've got the spirit of God in you you are in Christ just read Romans 8 properly ask God to open it up to you you'll see that if you've got the spirit of God you are in Christ and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from that law and sin and death the enemy has got nothing on you only what you allow and your words will let you down every time if they're not the words from God it says in uh, I was going to I did mention Habakkuk didn't I I just wanted to quickly look there because I wanted to remind you like I say our minds come off focus when we don't have a vision Proverbs says where there is no vision or revelation the people wander seamlessly a revelation from God of what he wants where he wants to lead you in your walk with him and in Habakkuk 2 first one it says I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved right listen just wait for God to speak we we think we know what to do at times I know the word I've been in the word 70 years no I know Hebrew Greek backwards and forwards I know what to do no you don't that's just your sense knowledge okay let God show you what to do he is speaking today if only you listen be still and know that I am God I will be exalted amongst the heathens he's exalted amongst the unbelievers when you are still that's when the labors come because <laughs> we're not trying to do it from our own strength our own effort our own ability first two and the Lord answered me and said write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that read of it for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie though it tarry wait for it wait wait on God and that doesn't mean just to stay sat in your seat laying in bed or whatever you do the things that God puts in your heart daily to do because it will surely come it will not tarry listen when it's when that answer comes it's going to be coming so quick when you're waiting to go on holiday it might be three or four weeks away and it seems like forever but when that day comes man is there and you're like yeah mm-hmm. let's go <laughs> it says first of all behold his soul behold his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him but the just shall live by faith mm-hmm. if someone's soul is lifted up in him it's because he's proud thinks he knows it all or she thinks he knows it all think they got it all together no God is the one that's got it all together let's give him the praise let's give him the glory by allowing him to work and God is really at work listen I, I believe in this Skype fellowship God is really speaking through all of us through all of our mouths and working in our hearts the subjects, the topics, the things that have been talked about don't just hear it 
but do it. Do the things that is touching your heart from what you're hearing. That's what you're responsible to do, right? Not the whole thing, but the bits that touch your heart. What God is speaking to you right now through the words that have been spoken through this whole Skype fellowship, there be things that touch your heart. God says, go and do that. <coughs> Write it down. Go and do it. Write it down in your heart, in your mind. You can also physically write it down. It's good. I make notes as well. Things that inspire my heart and mind. But uh, that was just what was in my heart. And I'm really blessed because, you know, God is a God of deliverance. And, you know, as we stay our mind on him, he will keep us in that perfect peace. Not the peace in the world, but the spiritual peace from the fruits of the spirit, which is cultivated when you are being led by the spirit of God. If you're lacking joy, lacking peace, if you're lacking what it says about the fruit of the spirits, because you're doing it by your senses and not being led by your spirit, by the spirit of God. It's very simple. But there's something I want to just shift now and stop sharing what I was sharing. But there's something I want to read you. I got it through the post, and uh, I think I must have signed up to something to receive this letter. And it's just a little sharing, and it's to do... We've been... Um, the last couple of times, I think Kim mentioned, highly mentioned about giving. And then the following week, Jason mentioned about giving. And I was inspired to mention on it after they shared... But this blew my mind that come through the dogs. It shows me an indication that we are on track with what God is speaking in the church. Right? The church of God isn't just our little Skype fellowship. There's a big body of Christ out there. And this really blessed me. So it's, it's, it was a letter from Andrew Womack, believe it or not. Mm. And... Uh, and I must have signed up and it's come through to me because so, I've, I've listened to some of his teachings which is very good but it's called Financial Stewardship and it blew me away now I'm just going to read a portion of it to you because it's a real blessing it says did you know there is more written in the Bible about finances than on heaven, hell, prayer or faith Jesus talked more about this subject than any other so it's obvious that the stewardship he's not talking about getting abundant he's talking about stewardship that the stewardship of money is very important to God however there is an anti-prosperity teaching attitude in the church today even though most of the people with this attitude want to prosper as well you know when I teach on healing it's not so I can be healed I'm already walking in divine health Likewise, when I teach on financial stewardship, it's not because my financial benefit, that my finances benefit, but, but yours do. Jamie and I, that's his wife, love you and just want to see you walking in the grace of God full of faith, healthy and prosperous. Faith comes from hearing and hearing God's word. And faith for prosperity comes from hearing teachings on prosperity. You need to know what the scriptures say about prosperity. Financial stewardship is probably one of the most misunderstood subjects in the Bible, yet it's one of the most important. Jesus said in Luke 16, verses 10 to 11, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in least is unjust also much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? 
In other words, this is what he goes on to say, if you aren't faithful in the area of finances, the least area of faithfulness, you won't be faithful in the greater areas. Some people aren't healed because they never develop their faith in the area of finances. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that you buy your healing, but there are people who aren't seeing their healing manifest because they never trusted God in that which was least. Luke 16.10 That may not be true in every case, but it is often the problem. This is the starting place. You can't skip this. Many people believe the money they have belongs to them. After all, they earned it. They scrimped and they saved. They may have been working two jobs to make ends meet. They work for it, so it must be theirs, right? Wrong. Your bank account may be in your name, and you may have the title to your car or the deeds to your home. But God is the one who gave you the ability to prosper. Before you can become a good steward, sorry, before you can be a good steward of your finances, you must recognize God is your source. He gave you your life, your breath, your talents, your abilities. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for he it is that gives thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sweared unto thy fathers as it is this day. Notice, God doesn't give us wealth directly. He gives us the power or the ability to get wealth. Whether you realize it or not, God is the source of your prosperity. He gives you an anointing that enables you to prosper. The real asset is not the money, not the house, not the car, not the physical tangible things. It is the anointing from God to produce wealth. The real asset is the favor of God. Money isn't prosperity. Money is the byproduct of prosperity. Many Christians fall into the trap of measuring prosperity by the number of things they have. Being prosperous is relying on God as your source. When we understand that God is the source of all our blessings, it's easy to realize that we are stewards of all that he gives us. One definition of steward is a person who manages the affairs, especially the money of another person. If you understand financial stewardship properly, it will enable us to be a blessing to others. 2 Corinthians 9.8 God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. The reason God makes grace abound toward you is so you abound. Give to every good work. The real motive behind finances shouldn't be to get, it should be to give. This is a critical point. Many people who reject teachings on biblical prosperity do so because they see it as a selfish or greedy. They say, I've got enough, I'm, I may not be rich, but I have a roof over my head and basic needs to cover. I don't want, I don't want or need any more. But that is a selfish attitude. If you have all you need, trust God for more so you can help others. The thing Amen. that says, I've got enough, forget, forget everyone else, is truly selfish attitude. We need to prosper, not so we can have more, but so we can be a bigger blessing. I've been called by God to raise up um, 
Caris Bible College, which is transforming lives by the thousands around the world. And our graduates will go to the four corners of the earth to take the gospel as far and deep as possible. It's a big vision, and I can't do it alone. It takes a lot of money to accomplish this. That's why I pray that you will prosper unto every good work, 7 Corinthians 9.8. That's what financial stewardship is all about. I'm not able to cover everything I want to say on this topic, he goes on to say, and then he, then he goes on to promote his stuff, his teachings. But check it out, he's got some good teachings on it, and it'll give you understanding. You can go to his website, he's got like a whole series on it um, about financial stewardship. And I, I, you know, I'm going to listen to some of it because I think it may be beneficial and a blessing. So I encourage you to do the same. But mostly listen to God and, and do what he puts in your heart. Well, that's the end of my sharing. Uh, I'm going to stop now and stop the recording and then hand it over to Kim. So just bear with me a minute.